We've gathered this afternoon to continue our service unto the gracious God of heaven and him who loved us and died for us. We're going to talk about something maybe a little bit different uh, about respect of persons. And you say, well, why are you preaching about that? Well, it happens. And the Bible recognized it was going to happen. And he has given us instructions uh, concerning this. So we're going to study that for a few moments. Let's read James, the second chapter, one through four. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and good apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect unto him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Set thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are, are become judges of evil thoughts? not aware of this being happening in our brotherhood so very much but it happened back there in New Testament times and it can still happen today among us so what are we going to do about it you know God's religion must manifest itself in outward activities just as God manifested himself to man by various activities. Now, there's a lot that we don't know about God, but hasn't he revealed a lot about himself to mortal man? And he has shown us the way to heaven. And uh, so we love him, we respect him, and we serve him because he has manifested himself to man by various activities and he expects us to manifest ourselves to him by various activities uh, as well. So, God chose these outward activities that he wanted man to do. We didn't choose them. We didn't think them up in our own minds. He chose these things for man to do. And when we do those things God has chosen to do, then we're glorifying his name. So there are some positive things and some negative things God wanted man to understand and do. And I think these things are, are so great in a world where nearly everybody is saying, we're not saved by works. And yet God chose that very plan to manifest ourselves to him. These verses tells us so. And some of these things, they are yes things, things, positive things he wants us to do. But there's a lot of no things that he doesn't want us to do. And so we glorify him by doing the yeses and not doing the noes. Uh, so 
He started out this series of verses by saying, my brethren. Now, this is a statement of equality. This is a statement about our being one and equal to each other. In the church, we are brothers and sisters equal to each other. One is not above the other. So, God wants us to remember that. Now, he said, he started out in, in this uh, verse, my brethren have not the faith. Now, religion was introduced uh, to us in the preceding chapter, what pure religion and undefiled religion is. So, we uh, understand uh, for, from some things that were said this morning that that word religion means to tie us back to God. That's a reason religion is, is uh, given to us. An article came up out in our local paper uh, up at Yuba City that was wrong like so much other stuff in it is wrong. Uh, they haven't gotten uh, where they can do the weather real good. They haven't gotten where they can list the sports activities that I like, like it should be. But now then, uh, they, they said that religion is what people are shying away from. That's a terrible thing to say. Because God's religion, you remember we said this morning, it's made up of that compound word, re, which means again, negio, which uh, means to tie. So religion is what ties us back to God. Why do you think God gave us the New Testament? Why do you think he gave us the word of God? Because he wants man tied back with him. Because see, sin separates us from God. It unties us. And so now then, God wanted to give man something that would bring us back uh, uh, to him and, and, and really honor his name. And sometimes religion is called the faith. See that term up there? The faith is another name for that same religion. The gospel is another name. It is called the faith because it produces faith. And that's so essential for us to uh, remember. I know that uh, uh, I remember a lady that was continually coming back to church and making a confession of fault, backsliding, come back to church, backsliding. And uh, so I, I, I didn't understand what was wrong. Why is she doing that? Well, you see, each time some catastrophe would happen in her family or among her friends. For example, I remember one time she was out of duty and one of her friends was killed in an auto accident. So here she came and made a confession. Well, that was all right for her to uh, make a confession. She needed to make one. But here's the thing. Her faith that caused her to come back to church was because some catastrophe happened. And where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing the word of God. If, you, if your faith did not come from hearing God's word, 
it will do nothing for salvation for you. It, that faith has to come from God's word. Well, so he calls the gospel the faith uh, because it produces the right kind of faith, the saving faith for us. So if you want saving faith, then you've got to get it from God's word. And uh, that's the way it is. You know, Jesus lived a poor life while he was here on earth. But now he is, uh, is Lord of glory in a highly exalted position. He is the one we must respect now and not uh, by those uh, who have wealth here uh, in life. We, mu we must respect the Lord of glory because when he came to this earth, the people said, this can't be the Messiah. This can't be the Christ because he's not coming here riding a great white charger and leading a, a vast army to drive the Romans out of our nation. He's not doing all of that. He's born in a manger. He wasn't born in a palace. And they just didn't understand Jesus in that lowly, humble position just did not understand it and, and so uh, he's the one that we must respect now and not those who seem exalted by wealth here on uh, this earth now in the second through the fourth verses of James 2 he said for if they're coming to your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there, also, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? See how that works out uh, in that particular place? The difference between a rich man and a poor man can get us in trouble if we don't watch out, if we don't have the proper attitude uh, toward all that. So uh, you are impressed with a rich man's clothing, and so you honor him highly. That's what they were doing back there in New Testament times. That's what people still do uh, today. And uh, this is something that uh, I think uh, is getting apparent in, in, in some areas. So God is watching us and is very interested in how much respect you show to each other. Very interested in that. And so I, 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 I hope that we all have the right attitude toward this. Now, you can do this by the seating arrangement, as we found out in Africa. We went over there and lived for five years altogether. And I was very surprised to see that uh, when uh, they came into the assembly, they would march in, and the women would sit on this side over here, and the men would sit on that side over there. Well, this is something that the United uh, Kingdom of Great Britain had taught them, that 
uh, you know. In, in, in fact, they told me, one the church leader told me, he said, you can't, stand, you can't sit by a woman and worship God. That was their attitude uh, toward all of that. So they separate the men from the women. But that's not uh, the worst thing that they were doing as far as I was concerned because they had a, a ring of chairs up here behind the pulpit there. And uh, the bigger you were in their sight, the more important you were uh, to them, you got to set up here. And I've seen that scripture literally fulfilled that some man would take one of these seats up here. And, and then a more important man would come into them and they'd tell that man, you get up and you go sit back there. See, Now, that was, that was a hard habit to break in Africa. Very difficult because they like that honor. See, And they like to bestow honor on somebody that uh, they, they really like. But we can't do that. We can't do that. And God would rather see us take a, a poor and lowly man in the eyes of the world and uh, set him right up in, on the front seat or if he so desired. Uh, but they, it took them a long time and some of them have not yet caught that. And because we're all equal, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And it was nice to have a, a chair to sit in. I'll have to admit that because what they had for benches was just a, a some mud that was built up and they let it harden and uh, that was uh, the uh, benches that stayed no no backs to lean up against or anything like that didn't make any difference we were there to worship God and to honor him and uh, and worship God with our brothers and sisters in uh, in Christ so that was a very difficult habit that the British taught them uh, to break today. So, it is said that the most coveted seating place in the synagogue was at the end of the building facing Jerusalem and by the ark where the sacred scrolls were kept. That was the most coveted seating place. And, uh, well, people, some people in the world who have a worldly attitude and an unspiritual attitude that's the seat that they would want. That's the seat that they would have. We can't do that. We can't uh, exalt people. Now, I'll admit that when I choose a seat in the assembly, I like for it to be there available for me when I get to church. But if somebody else is sitting in it, that's fine and dandy too. That's uh, just all right. Because we're brothers and sisters in Christ, see. That's, he doesn't want us to have that uh, respect of persons like that. Now, to the poor, they would say, stand or sit where I place my feet. You don't get this good chair. You don't get this uh, 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 best seat. See, how would you like to worship God like that today? You know, we can't do that. 
in so now it would be shameful it would be shameful to dress in an ostentatious garment and prayed uh, a parade up and down the aisle so the rest could see you and perhaps envy you an old lady she is uh, not not very well off physically or uh, mentally either one. But if she's got a new dress, she likes to sit up on the front seat and she likes to go get a drink of water, parade up and down the aisle while I'm preaching and uh, uh, so people could see her, see. What kind of attitude is that? You think the Lord is pleased with something like that? No, he's not pleased. And uh, so that, uh, uh, that is what can happen. So he said, are ye not partial? The idea is in, in James's time, they were vacillating between what the Lord taught and what they were naturally inclined to do. See, I know that uh, in the, our brotherhood, instead of building a new building, we have purchased some that the denominations were abandoning. And, you know, I heard one of them say that we're selling this building because we're almost ashamed to invite our friends to this place. See? What an attitude. What a way to look at things. Listen, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and we want to live like we are. And uh, uh, <clears throat> so they had the wrong motives, as indicated by the term evil thoughts. See, are you not partial? And aren't you having evil thoughts when you make distinctions like this? Now, let's go on. You know, thoughts have a way of expressing themselves in outward actions. That's just the way they are. So we must guard our thoughts because the scriptures in the Old Testament teaches us as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you can tell what people are thinking in their heart by the way they act in this. In James, the second chapter, verse 5, he wrote, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? Well, see, that's the type that God himself chose. That's the way it was when Jesus Christ came to the into this world where he was born and the um, work that he learned to do and, and, and all of that. When I was getting this lesson up, uh, I went in and was watching TV, and there was an ad on there. Somebody won the Super Bowl last year. They had a ring, and they were showing it off. You know, Super Bowl ring. They had won it. But Joe Montana was sitting over there, had five of them on his finger. 
So that made him a whole lot bigger than this one over here who had just gotten theirs. Well, that's the way some people are out here in this world, but not in the Lord's church, not in the Lord's church um, at all. So uh, this word hearken that's used is imperative in the Greek so far as cases concerned. Imperative is not optional. You can't, uh, well, I'll do this or I'll not do this. It's imperative. Hearken. So, what must we do? It is essential for them, and they were to listen carefully. And that's the way it is with us today, you see. When he said hearken, and it's in the imperative, then that means it is essential for us to do that in this day and time. Equality is one of the essential parts of Christianity. And they, by their thoughts and practices, were in danger of violating this important uh, principle. So God has chosen the poor who are rich in faith. Material riches matters not with God while well, he owns everything to start off with and and, and uh, they're not uh, uh, something that should be that important to us when we are faced with choices like this let's not let matters like that be the governing thing that we have I want to tell you the poor man can inherit the kingdom of God as well as the rich can do that so the important thing is how the poor and the rich handle their riches and the attitude that they have now you might not have very much but that can keep you out of heaven if you got the wrong attitude toward it see and the rich if they've got the wrong attitude toward their riches, that can keep them out of heaven too. It doesn't make any uh, difference uh, to them. In James, the second chapter, verses six and seven, he says, but ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? Well, that was happening back there and I think people kind of look at the Church of Christ sort of like that in many, uh, many times and in many respects because like I heard a lady say she asked one of our brethren at a funeral we were attending she said are you still going to that little old church of Christ? And this brother said, Why, yes, we sure are. What a pity she had. That's what she said. What a pity. Well, now, you see, she had respect to persons. She had the wrong attitude. And this little old church of Christ, she needed it. 
she needed to be a member of it. And she needed to change her attitude. That was the thing about all of that. By their actions, they had despised the poor that God had chosen. And despise means they had dishonored and insulted them. They were in opposition to God by showing partiality. Why would we want to be like that? Endangering our spiritual life, uh, spiritual uh, inheritance for things like that. The rich had oppressed these very people and brought them before the synagogue and the judgment seat. Yet they seemed partial to them by showing the impartiality. You remember that that uh, important seat in the synagogue that was up there before the uh, the uh, scrolls that had the word of God written on it and it was facing Jerusalem and all of that. Oh, they liked that seat. And they would make a man get up out of it if one more honorable came. And he had to go sit someplace else. And they had oppressed the Christians in various ways after the church got its start. But still they wanted to show the rich if they came in, oh, you have this best seat. Now, this was something that was really damaging to their spirituality. And don't they blaspheme? That means to speak evil against or to revile. The rich had done this against the name of Christ, and yet they were uh, wanting to really uh, get them the very best seat in the house, if they would even come. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Yet the church members were showing partiality to them. Why? Christian was the name. A follower of Christ is what, is what that means. And, uh, and James 8 said, If you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. A hard lesson for them to learn. The royal law is a law Jesus our King gave, even though it is also found in the Old Testament itself. Now, it is in the present tense indicating this royal law must be kept at all times. It wasn't optional. It wasn't something you could do part of the time and then do something else the rest of the time. In the ninth and 10th verses, he says, but if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. A transgressor is one who misses the mark. He steps beyond the, lo the line that God has drawn. They therefore sinned when they stepped beyond the royal law. They were guilty of doing this to other laws of Christ as well. So learn to abide with all, within all of the laws of Christ. I'll bring the lesson to a close now. You know, Jesus pleads with us in his loving way. He died, was buried, and then he rose again. 
as this picture depicts. And he arose with healing in his wings. He arose with salvation for mankind. It had been offered. It had been received by justice, by God, and now then, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen, don't let Jesus leave your heart by showing respect of persons of any human being here on this earth. It'll send you to hell. See, it'll do that. If you're not a member of the Church of Christ, and you'd like to obey the gospel, why don't you do that? As we sing this song, you believe, don't you? Now, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and be baptized. And if you're an erring child of God, don't stay away from the shepherd and bishop of your soul. Come back home. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.